Hey everybody, we're back. I hope you enjoyed if you listened to the last episode and it may have cut off. We may go back and add. But if you didn't join us last time, join us this time. We're going to continue our conversation on the rules to marriage and the rules to dating. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys? So, last time we were on rule number two, I heard yours, but give those a recap who maybe didn't join the last one like they should, and give them your rule number two to marriage. Okay, so my rule number two is definitely communication. Communication is big in a marriage. You can't go far without that. And, um... I was just saying, I gave an example of me and Blake and how we started out communicating. Um, And so I just feel like as long as you all communicate and definitely keep God first, you're on the right track. My number two was your number one and a continuation. Just, I think my number two is they have to love Jesus. So my number one was there must be an attraction. Number two, they have to love Jesus. You want to date someone, court someone, be engaged, marry someone who loves Jesus or love God more than they love you. If you get someone who loves him more than they love you, there are tears you will not have to cry in your relationship because number one, before they're afraid of hurting you, they don't want to hurt God. Mm. So get someone who loves Jesus, get someone who has a conviction that comes along with their relationship. I'm not talking about somebody who's an ample churchgoer, but does not have conviction. I'm saying someone who has a relationship with God and their conviction is strong. Sometime I met a person who told me, they said, man, you're great, you're awesome, you're amazing, but you have this crazy strong conviction. And your conviction is super strong. And we can't even whatever because your conviction is strong. And I understood what they were saying, and I love that, and I respected that. But get somebody that has conviction, because a person without conviction has no spiritual compass. Mm. And a person with no spiritual compass has no direction for their life. And you getting in a relationship or a boat, a ship, with someone who has no direction for their life, you will end up nowhere fast. Mm. Come on and speak. <laughs> so, Because there's ships relationships is meant to carry you somewhere and if a person has no conviction again they have no compass and with no compass they have no direction and you who has the potential to discover yourself will get in a ship with the person who's already lost and you will be that person stranded on the island with the wrong person Mm. and you will be in that relationship because you're stranded And so I would tell you, get someone who loves Jesus. Now, do they have the passion for church that you have yet? Maybe not. You want to get them plugged into a church. You want them to serve with you in a church. Because I think couples should serve somewhere together. It's going to benefit your marriage. I have a couple that was in my church. And they moved to Tampa. And of course, when they left, they were saying, we still want you to be our pastor. And I was like, absolutely, I can cover you. But I still would be your pastor, but I want you to find a watch care pastor. I want you to find somewhere you all can serve, join together. 
get involved in a ministry together, a Bible study together. There was nothing like being plugged in with a group of people. And though we have things virtually, and they can still be plugged in virtually, it is something about physical that helps bond that relationship. And I told them, even if it's not a church, because they were very adamant about, we want to be a still a stay in church. I said, that's fine. Join a gym together. Mm. If you don't join a gym together, join it. They have a child. Join a club together for parents. Join something together. I took couples who are serious and they're in the um, courting stage going into engagement. Here's my advice. Get a bill together. Mm. And that way you can start watching behaviors and patterns. Join, do something together. So they got to love Jesus because that's going to be the anchor and the rock, like Rachel said, of your relationship. And if they don't know what they believe, you can't really do nothing for me. Right. If you don't know what you believe or how you believe, and we can grow and believe, but maybe we need to grow in a friendship first because the direction of my life and my relationship, like me and God have a good relationship, and I need somebody with a good one or a growing one so we can all be one together. But if you don't know what you believe, that three-four chord is already broken before it ever gets tied. Yeah, and even if you don't, like you said, you don't know what you believe, just making sure that you're willing. You have yeah. to be a willing participant a willing in a relationship. Yeah, you got. You going to church? I'm going to church. Yeah. You want to go with me? If they don't want to go with you, or no, nah, nah, but they always want you to go somewhere with them, but they'll never get invested in what you're involved in. Red flag. Next episode, red flag. <laughs> that means they don't. They don't really care. They don't even care to pretend. Like the interest in what you're interested in. Yep. All right, your number three. My number three, um, for marriage is, um, always support one another. No matter mm. what it is that you all are doing, um, I feel like support should definitely be on the tip top of your list for one another. Um, mm. I can't tell you how many times that I've come up with an idea in Blake has always just been my back through it all. You know what I'm saying? It, and no matter what it is, if it has something pertaining to school or a, a, a business investment or just, you know, any old thing, he doesn't mind supporting me and I appreciate that in him. And the same for me. He's getting his master's degree and I'm always on his back about what homework have you done today? Um, you know, he's a teacher. So I'm like, have you started your lesson plans for the school year, even though the school mm. year isn't here yet, I'm gonna make sure that I support him in knowing that, you know, I'm gonna make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing at all times. Yeah. Right. It's an, it's an accountability thing too. So I would slash that with support slash accountability. There it is. I agree. I wanna say something to that. Um, in my marriage, when two people are talented and gifted and have great potential, you're gonna there's gonna always be seasons where the light is gonna shine on one, mm. where the favor of God, the anointing, the oil of God, is, and I hate to talk churchy, is no, gonna be good. on one for a season, and the one that the oil is on for that season, the other one has to push them and support them. Because while they're pushing them and supporting them, they're coming into their own. Hmm. They're coming into their greater anointing, their greater call. 
but I always tell couples identify the one that the favor is on for this season hmm. and the other one pushes that one and while the favor is on you and you're shining I'm I'm going to push you and how can I serve you and it's not really what I'm trying to do my dreams if I can get you this is what God is saying if I can get you to push the one my favor is on right now your dreams will come to pass through the push hmm it is hard for two people in covenant to shine, I want to use the word equilibrium, but on the same place plateau at the same time. There are so many things that will attack. God will always let one go first and let the other come after. Okay. And it takes secure people. And just look at that with God. God and Jesus didn't try to be themselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that God started the work, then he finished the work. In the New Testament, Jesus came. But before the Holy Spirit could come, Jesus had to die. Mm-hmm. They all, all of them could not have a, the same dispensation at the same time. There was too much power. Abraham and Lot were two great men, but the Bible says that uh, their servants start causing war because the ground could not contain both of their prosperity at the same time. Mm-hmm. So one person has to humble themselves and allow God to lift up or exalt the other one. And they give their attention, their time, their talent, their treasure into pouring into that person while God is lifting them up. When Jesus started his public ministry, he had the word, he had the power, he had the grace, the favor, the anointing. But Peter had the boat. (laughs) And he told Peter, Peter, take your boat, your material your increase, your money, and help push my vision that God has given me because I'm anointed. And when Peter pushed Jesus, the effect hit Peter's resources. And when Peter dropped his net in the water, his net broke because he lent, he gave Jesus his boat. You talking good, man. Yeah, so the favor is on me right now. And if you push me, it'll bring our whole house out. Hello, come on. So just support me. I don't don't fight me. Don't don't come against me. And you'll find your dream if you and Peter found out who he was when he allowed a stranger, a person he was going to be in covenant with, to put to borrow to step on his boat. And Jesus was able to take Peter deeper because Peter recognized the favor was on Jesus. So just recognize what person is in that season of favor and who God is saying, okay. Can I get you not put your dreams on the back burner because I'm going to bring your dreams to pay. Okay, let's think about it. Man, the Proverbs 31 woman or people say that's a collective of women mm-hmm. or one woman. When you think about her, one of the things that scripture says is that the people in the city knew her husband because of her. Mm-hmm. They knew who her husband, what her husband had honor because of his wife. He didn't try to compete with her he recognized that my favor is going to come from following my wife. Hmm. And there's a grace on my wife and I don't have to be the first man. I can still be the head of the house. It takes a real head of the house to recognize there's favor on his wife. Ooh, you know who that makes me think of? Who? Kamala Harris and her husband. Absolutely. Yes, because, you know, we've never had a, a, a... a first man before you know what I'm saying and so she's in a position of she was the one yeah she's in a position of higher power than him but he Uh doesn't you know I I don't see him you know 
back in trying to compete. To, you know, mm-hmm. he rise to the occasion. He he came up and he standing beside her and took on his role as you know. The, and that's what she needs. Yeah. And, and that, that, in order for her to be that, they needed that. They needed. It wasn't for America to have a, another man vice president. Yeah. They needed the first man. But what if he would have tried to compete with her? And I'm sure he had the same opportunity in politics that she had. Yeah. But they had to recognize, wait a minute, mm-mm, mm-mm. Favor is on her right now. Yeah, and her calling was, you know, her calling was to be fulfilled at this present moment. She's doing what she has to do. And that's not saying, mm-hmm. you know, that, just that, think about that with couples. Yeah. Michelle and Barack. Michelle yes. probably could have been president just like Barack could. Baby, definitely. But she recognized that favor was on him. That was what he was supposed to do. And yes. she is known as one of the greatest women because like they TikTok said, that's my man. Yes. And, and she's really, her, her legacy is strong and hard. And you hear a lot more about Michelle than you do Obama. Right? But right now, it's her time of favor. Yes, and, and because it's you know people want to know how how could you you know just stand beside mm. him knowing that you had all of that inside of you. She could have been just as equally as great as him, and she is equally as great. You know what I'm saying? And we just we're able to give her more of her flowers now that they're not in the limelight because then we had to focus more on him. But she was still doing work in the background. She was doing what she was supposed to do. And I'm not going to say the background. She was his teammate. She was on the side of him. She was doing what he needed her to do. You know, it was a, t- it was team effort. number three I think yeah we're on number three I said always support each other and then um I slashed that with um what was it what did I slash it with accountability Being mm-hmm. account- you know making sure that we're accountable and stand on top of things so um I slashed that with that so what was your number three okay for those that are dating my number three is connectivity and compatibility mm. You gotta be connect. A lot of people have started relationships over what we call trauma bonding. Yeah, let's talk. Your relationship started over trauma. We both hated our parents at the time, mm-hmm. or we both were in college at the time, or we both were trying to find ourselves at the time. And so you gotta go back to the source of why is this relationship starting? Well, we both were side pieces to somebody and or you were somebody's side pieces. You can't build no happy home breaking up somebody else's. Hello. Okay, God not going to give you a spouse from somebody else's spouse. No. And that's why you don't get caught up in stuff like that. Like, your relationship ain't going to be happy when you broke up somebody else's home. Uh, no, you just you just got what you got. And so I would tell people that you got to find the source of your connectivity. Why do we connect? How are we compatible? doesn't mean that oh yeah we both gotta like red we both gotta like the same type of animal we both gotta want to drive the same type of car we both gotta want to live in the same city because everything alike eventually becomes toxic because a part of relationship is having differences okay yeah um but there has to be something that connects you two you do have to be compatible you see couples and they don't like anything alike um they don't even like the fact that they're different they don't like the fact that they're opposite they 
I feel like your best friend and your and your significant other in dating are gonna be kind of like two different people, mm-hmm. and that's why you have them, and you can't look for that person you're in the significant relationship to be just like your best friend. Yeah, because that's not what you know what I'm saying. That, that that's a whole other relationship, a whole another purpose, a whole other call that y'all are in a relationship for. Like your best friend, that's your best friend, but that significant other, if you're going to marriage, this is for purpose. This is for destiny. This is for a greater good that we're together. And so I, I would say that, but even in that, you've got to find, are you all compatible? Do you all connect beyond the trauma? Mm. Beyond, the, beyond the means? Be, um, beyond all the other things? Do we connect? Do our souls connect? Mm. Can I be in a soul tie with this person? And if I get in a soul tie with this person, will it damage my soul or will it increase my work? That's good. Can this person help be a shepherd over my soul? Like, don't date anybody who tries to pull you away from your pastor. Hmm. That's a whole other thing. Baby, or I tries to lure you out I of your church. You in college. You should have came to school with me. I'm sorry. I should have. You should have came dangerous. to school with me. <laughs> if the if the pastor is the shepherd of your soul or the watchman over your soul, no, I need you to connect with the person that's my spiritual leader because I, I we got to find out what's in your soul. We got to find out what's going. On. Like we date people for so many external reasons that when we get married or when you get three years into the relationship, you start seeing internal things and you're like, oh wait a minute, but now your soul yeah. is so tied, it ain't as easy to get out. Yeah, because you invested time. Whether if you would have found out and connected them to your watchman and said, "Hey, what do you think about?" It? I tell people in my church, "Bring me the person you dated. Don't hide them from me." Yeah, I had I had a I had a pastor like that, and um, I was dating this guy, and my pastor was like, "No, nah, he ain't the one for you." He was like, "Y'all need mm. to in that." And and crazy enough, we were um in the same church. So, um, he, before, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, baby. We got engaged, okay? And, um, the, uh, our pastor, he was like, I'm going to do y'all's marriage counseling. And mm. in that, we started marriage counseling, like, as soon as we got engaged. No lie. And, um, I agree. <laughs> and so, in that, he, he pulled me to the side and he said, this is not what you need. Literally, and I, and I ultimately, I ended up leaving a relationship. I it, it it needed to be done because I was going nowhere fast, like you said um in the previous episode. Nowhere fast. That's what their relationship was doing. It was going nowhere fast. No matter how much I loved him, I knew that I was going nowhere fast. And people say, well, you know, there's something where I don't want the pastor or telling me who I can and I don't tell people who I never tell people who they can marry who they should marry I will give you wisdom but Jesus went to the well in Samaria and asked the woman a significant question he said to her where is your husband and she just paraphrasing went on to say she had five and Jesus said and the one you're with now isn't your husband Mm. He spoke to her soul and everybody she had been in a relationship with. He validated something she probably already knew at the moment. Right. And so I would say that you, number one, need somebody. If you're going to, if Christians, I'm talking about Christians and we're safe from the streets. 
if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, uh, especially getting according into engagement and in dating, you need to, you're looking for somebody who speaks not just to your flesh, your soul and your spirit. Yes. Do they speak to like, do their words hit there? Not just tickle your fancy. Do they hit your soul? Like you felt that. Because yeah. that's somebody with substance. That's somebody you can connect with in every season of your life. And then, so that's my number three. Yeah, and making sure that when when being intimate, and I'm not talking sexually, intimacy is literally conversation. So mm. in that in that intimacy, do you feel strong about it? See, when me and Blake were conversing, the intimacy was strong for us. We have genuine conversation. We had genuine conversation. It was intimate than when we were just talking. And so now we are still able to be intimate with conversations. I need you to be able to stimulate my mind, mm. not just what's in my pants. You know what I'm saying? Even, that, that, has, that has to happen. You, you know, I, I, I'm aware that you can make me hot in my body. But I right. need to know that you can make me hot down on the inside of me when we're talking and my brain should be working when you're speaking to me. I need to be, you need to stimulate this, this brain. Right. Can you do that? That's can you pray? Oh, I got a good test for you. If you're dating somebody or especially, oh, by now you should know, but if you're courting somebody or engaged, call them randomly and ask them to pray for you. Mm. If they stutter, if they say, what you mean? You want me to pray for you? Run and don't look back. Okay. Because sex won't pay. Sex does not cure attacks, weapons that are forming against you. You need some an intercessor, someone who knows how to pray, especially women. You need a man who knows how to cover you. And a woman, it takes a grown woman to worship. And every man needs a worshiping woman. Because there are some things only a worshiping woman can get for a man. Okay, yeah. God gives the man a word but he gives the woman the womb to bring the word to pass. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have, but yeah, ask them, call them. Do it, try it with your friends. Random, ask your friend to pray for you because not in relationships, period, ships, friendship, relationship, it's a ship. I need to know, can you pray for me? Can you can you carry me when I'm feeling down? And so mm. I, would, I, I, would, I would add that um, you're going to have to know somebody who they're going to have to be able to pray. Oh, and then I was going to talk about now sex. If you're dating, if you're courting, if you're engaged, you should not be having sex. Yeah. But by the time you get engaged, you should be talking about it. Yeah. And that, that'll get into my marriage counseling. But by the time you get engaged, you should be having conversations about sex. I'm not telling you to try the horse or whatever. That's with you and your faith and your conviction. But you should be having conversations about that, um, very detailed and specific conversations because you can't avoid that in marriage. I also want to say that when it comes to Christian couples who are married, having sex, that is a form of worship. Mm. And you should leave it feeling spiritually connected. Mm -hmm. If If you honor God with your marriage and you honor your spouse, there should be an honor for sex. And if there's an honor for sex, it destroys yokes of bondage that will try to attach itself to your marriage. Mm. It should be spiritual. Okay. 
the anointing, no matter how it's displayed, should, and I'm just talking to spiritual people, should be present because it's worship. That's good. Mm-hmm. And we ain't telling y'all to go out there, you know what I'm saying? Hey, don't take this and say, Pastor no, if you're, George yeah, if you're dating, things. if you're dating or you're courting or you're engaged, mm-hmm. you put your covenant in jeopardy when you have sex before marriage. Mm. See, I was teaching Sunday that Satan knows the will of God and he can't create anything. He only wants to get you to do what God willed before the time for you to do it. Because if he can get you to do it before time, he can pervert the plan of God. And there are so many things people's marriages have to be clean and renewed because they did it before the timing of God, which brought a tax to their marriage. Hello. They brought a tax to their relationship. And that's why the first year of the marriage, you're facing tests and troubles that people in the third year face because you put the cart before the horse. Yes. And the attacks came. So I would tell you, in my life, um, if God graced me with what I'm going through, I would not touch again until we stood at the altar. Mm. I want to honor God and I want to honor the person like that. That's good. Yeah. Okay, but you're number four. Okay, number four. Um, for me in a marriage, um, I want us to remember that we're a team and that we are a family. And mm. I, <laughs> I put that because um, too often um, people forget that the Bible said, you know, a man is going to leave mm. his mother and his father. Talk about it. You know, when he finds his wife. Um, w- when my husband, we are now a family. We're we're one. We're we're one Houston family. There are other Houston's, you know, in this in the in the family, but we're a family of our own. We have our own children, we have our own relationship. This ship. We we stay at 221. That's our household. We're a family. We're a team. Should not, nothing or nobody should come between that. I agree. And so I want people to remember that before you feel the need to go and share your business with other people, make sure that it is people that you know you can trust with what you're about to tell them and and they have to be mature um to give you advice so like i said before if they have never been married they can never give you a marriage advice so you can't go speak to your single friends about your marriage and expect them to give you solid advice it's not gonna work it's not gonna happen i think in a marriage you should limit how many single friends you have mm. Uh, cause that'll be, that'll be, that'll be, that, that's going to be, that's going to be, cause you'll have a single person's perspective on issues because they don't understand the covenant of marriage. So I think that should be limited. Um, the other thing I would say, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to understand fully from your perspective. So I would say you want to limit your single friends that you have and especially around, you know, ladies, if you got a lot of single female ladies, 
Don't have them hanging. That's what the older ladies would teach. Mm-hmm. Don't have them hanging around your man. Y'all, I don't know uh, if y'all sis, ever heard. nothing. Yeah, I don't know if y'all ever heard that song by Mary J. Blige. She said, um, don't let a woman cook in your kitchen. Sure. I, I mean that in every aspect. Because look no- what Phaedra done did. Not Phaedra, what was Portia? Look what Portia done did. Okay, let's, let's calm down. <laughs> That mean that mean that mean Portia was looking at him the whole time saying, if you don't, I will. Hello. Oh, and that's the other thing I was I call it the leave and cleave principle. Mm-hmm. A husband should leave his family and cleave to his wife. Leave his mother is what the Bible says. And cleave. So you gotta you're gonna have to leave and cleave. So guys, before you get married, make sure you're ready to put your mama in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not in the back seat. You're gonna have to leave and cleave, cause, cause, cause that's the number one person now that you're there to service. Okay, and so you're gonna so, have to leave and cleave. Go ahead. So, have you seen that um post that that goes on Facebook? It comes around every so often where they say, um, who who's number one in your life? Your uh your mother, your daughter, your baby mother, or your wife? Your wife. That's the one that God honors your covenant with. Okay, and so I'm on Facebook not now, but you know when the when the post uh, comes back around, and I see men say their daughter and their mother comes before their wife. First of all, crazy. in my head, the baby mama should never have been an option in the first place. Never. <laughs> like she, never. she should never be an option if y'all didn't make it, and all she is is the mother of your child. That's it. That's the only and one day, holds. and one day your daughter gonna leave you for a man. Hello. And your mama got got, got her own thing going on because that's how you got here. It's the one you're that you're in covenant with. Because now that's why when I do weddings, well I've done several different several different ways. But one of the ones I did, I I sense that both mothers had an attachment to their child at the altar. Mm. So what I had the mothers do was bring a chair for both of their child children to sit in, and then I went and removed the chair, hmm. and I tied them. So all I'm saying is, yeah, you brought them as individuals, but they're no longer individuals. You no longer have to, uh, your child and their child. This one child standing here, okay. and you said something about talking to people. You got to talk to people who, number one, value both of you. I, and I always tell couples, I don't love you more than I love the other one. Because mm. if you don't, I will always give you advice, Rachel, for you. Yeah. It will always benefit you and never benefit Blake, too. Yeah, and it definitely isn't. I don't. And I try, I try never to do that. I try never to do that where I'm just looking out for mine. I'm going to make yeah. sure mine okay. I'm gonna make sure my friend okay. No, I'm looking out for your marriage. You will appreciate it. <laughs> so that's mine. Well, that was yours. Are we ready for mine? Go yeah, yeah, yeah. We were ready. So my number one for dating. Can we talk and not just text? Can we talk and not just text? Here's what I wrote down. I wrote something down on this one. Okay. It is on. impossible for someone, it's it's possible for someone to type the right thing and hide behind a screen. But true conversation is done with your mouth and not with your hands. Mm. You can't appropriately gauge your chemistry through a text conversation and chat because some people are impressive texters, 
quick with the clapbacks, witty with the emojis, and slick with the sweet nothings. They can type you into temptation, but this is the problem. Some people are more comfortable with texting than verbal communication. You could be on the receiving end of those texts thinking, oh, this person was such a good conversationalist, uh, but but you're reading everything they're typing, okay? Mm-hmm. But then once you meet up, it's like you're with a different person or a different personality because this person has good texting skills, but they aren't a conversationalist. Mm-hmm. So you don't just need to be texting them. You need to hear them talk. And I'm always weary, just next podcast, a red flag for me is a person who has problems answering questions. Yeah. It's a struggle for them to communicate personal thoughts and feelings verbally. I'm not saying they're a bad person. I'm saying they're a person that's not ready for a committed relationship. That's good. Conversation is the bedrock. Yeah. They've got to be able because if they can't conversate and ask questions of how they feel, they, if they don't know their purpose or have an idea of what they want to be or a dream, a desire, a person without a dream or a desire is dangerous. Yes. They'll do anything. They don't have anything to lose. They have nothing they're reaching for. Don't date people who have nothing to lose. Um, you're talking to these people, you're giving them what they need. Yeah, don't date nobody. If they ain't got nothing to lose, no, baby. Uh-uh. Yeah. So they have you on, on social media putting you out, putting your business out, because they ain't yeah. got nothing to lose. Yeah, that's Mm-mm. every ship. That's not just every friendship. Every you be careful for them people when y'all out somewhere. They always putting you on social media. Mm. Always got their phone out. Not you know, not just because we friends and I'm taking a picture of me and you. Because I'll do that. But if you doing something and they always got a camera on you. They trying to catch you doing something. Mm. And you I be real careful of them people. Like, as I'm a picture person, I'm a video person. I will video my friends, but it's always us. And we not we're not doing anything that's intimate for you. You understand what I'm saying? I got you. If there's something that's intimate for you, that that's what you do, and you can post that, but I'm not all around trying to follow you like you on a blog. <laughs> you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful of people like that. Yeah. Some, some people like that are really snakes in the grass trying to catch you doing something that they know will take you down. That's good. As a preacher, that's what I look for when I have friends. Is this a person I can trust with me? Hmm. Come on and talk. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, all right. We begin. We we go too far. (laughs) Listen. All the way in. Okay, so number five. We're on number five, so this is, you know, the last one for us. Um, for me, in a marriage, it's learning each other's love language mm. and applying it. Applying it. You have to apply it. It's enough that you know it. Yeah, that's good. But are you using it? Because that's the only way that this is going to work. You You can know everything about that person. You can know what they want. But how do you use it to make them feel good? How do you use it? You know, in your marriage, you have to know that. And that that's not even just marriage. That's relationships in general. Oh, yeah. if, you, if you're planning to go somewhere with this person, if you see yourself, you know, uh, if y'all are for lifers, like my sister say, if y'all are for right. lifers, 
I need you to know that. Um, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and take this love language test. I need to know your love language, and you need right. to know mine. What's your love language? And do you Something even know your own it. love language? Do you know your it. own love language? That's it for because me. You you have to know your own love language in order for the person that you that you're gonna be with to give you what you need. You got to be able to express that. So do you know your own love language? That's that's my number five. <laughs> and for me. That would be a red flag. If I mm. ask a person, we're conversating, do you know your love language? Mm. If they said no or what is that, that tells me back away. Because you're not a person that's self-aware. Mm. By this point, you know, the people I'm, you know, I'm older now. I'm looking for people who are self-aware on a journey of discovery. And you cannot help me be what I'm supposed to be, my suitable helper, if you have not helped yourself up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so you will be a hindrance to me in the long run. Um, and for right, we can't date. We can be friends. I can help you discover that. But if we're talking about dating or courting or being engaged, I don't have any more time to waste or time to play. Right. And at the, you know at, the at the place that you're at, you shouldn't want to, you know, if you're older, even younger, younger folks. Even younger. Date, yeah, when you're dating dating is you know it's cool you know to date different people and to see what you like but you should intentions that this one day is going to be the person that I'm going to be with for the long run so you can't just be giving yourself out to different people you have to know what it is that you want and so you all can coexist in a relationship 